New Year's Eve is like every other night. Here is no pause in the march of the universe, no breathless moment of silence among created things that the passage of another 12 months may be noted. And yet no man has quite the same thoughts this evening that come with the coming of a darkness on other nights. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. What a beautiful way to start the new year, Matt. Yeah. We are recording this on January the 1st. We are. Yeah. So even though it won't come out until Friday, it'll be crazy. Exactly. You're all going to be like, oh, it's too late. But we're going to say Happy New Year anyway, aren't we, Matt? Happy New Year. 2018. Hey, so Matt, who said that lovely quote? Oh, it was a person called Hamilton Wright Mabel, an American what essayist. What a lovely name. Yeah. Well, what a quote. What a quote hey, I like to that. start off. I like that. It's because it's true about space, isn't it? Really... A year means nothing once you're off the planet. It just, it just, it yeah. becomes a meaningless thing. A meaningless exactly. thing. Exactly. But 2018. The Interplanetary Podcast, putting the ace back into space. We've both done a bit of research and found out what's going to be exciting in 2018. Oh, God, have we ever? So, up first, Matt. First up, bit of astronomy. Go on. The Quadrantids, Meteor Easy Shower. Easy for you to say. That will be peaking the night this show comes out. So the 3rd and the 4th of January. Yes. And tonight, and of course it'll be too late for everyone to see this, but hey, it'll be the supermoon tonight. A supermoon, bit of a yucky phrase, but yes, it's a full moon on January the 1st. Matt, I bloody hope this cloud clears up so I can see it. Yeah, me. I guess that's the problem with, uh, you know, supermoons in Europe in January. (laughs) If they're not snowed out. Yeah, but sometimes you get those beautiful, crisp winter nights. They're my favourite. Ah, oh. they are Matt, my favourite. It sounded like just for a minute there that you were narrating the snowman or something when you <laughs> said crisp winter nights. Beautiful crisp winter nights with Jamie Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other novel. Oh, I like dear. it. I like that as a novel. So, um, what's been going on in the news? Well, let's let's stick with moons. We got a total lunar eclipse in the thirty first. And that'll be yeah, and that'll be visible in North America just before the dawn. Beautiful. And so the moon will turn a reddish brownish colour. And do you know what? Wow. And this do you know <laughs> I actually learnt something today as well, that, that because there's two full moons in this one calendar month, the second yeah. moon is known as a blue moon. Once in a blue moon. There we go. No way. So yes, we'll have a blue moon at the end of the month. Well, if there are any Man City fans listening. Oh, that's your uh, that's your time. It is, isn't it? They're they're going to win this premiership because of this blue moon. Ah, oh, it's a no brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Well done, City. Grr. Well done. Um. So uh, else, well, I'll tell you what else in the news. You know, last week we were reporting that the Russians had uh, lost contact with the Angosat. Oh yeah, they haven't. They've managed to regain contact, and it all seems to be working fine. So that's nice, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what nice. a lovely bit of news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, rescued and they're, from the depths of despair. Yeah, that. So yeah, otherwise Russia would have had a terrible space year last year. Yeah, I think it wouldn't have been a good start, would it? No, they've just about salvaged it with that. And yeah. uh, progress. I I reckon the, the, we're a bit short on news, really, because not much happened over the Christmas period. But mm. I think the last bit of space action was probably the Progress MS O six undocking from the ISS. So that beautiful. So, so that's undocked, carrying a load of rubbish, and um, Helen Sharman, 
the wonderful Helen Sharman, the first mm. Brit in space, and let's not forget that, uh, and f- as featured on one of our very, very early podcasts. Probably best not to go back and listen to that because we weren't very good back then. No. <laughs> so you just saw her suit, didn't you, in, in Leicester? Exactly. So I went to the Leicester Space, uh, the, the National Space Centre in Leicester this week, Whoa. and that is absolutely worth visiting. It's absolutely brilliant. There was a Soyuz, proper full-on Soyuz in the in the foyer as you walk in. Uh, and a couple of rockets, a blue streak, and what was the other one? Oh yeah, Thor, a Thorable, which we wow. which we found adorable. <laughs> oh, <laughs> See, I should have dear. remembered it really. So yeah, blue streak and week. a Thorable, and uh, yeah. So those two massive rockets up in the up in the uh, up in this massive rocket tower. Some really, really cool stuff, including some moon rocks. That's rock- great. I've never heard yeah, of including it. Including moon rocks in there. Some really, really good Soyuz simulators. Loads of satellite stuff. Full-scale models of some satellites. And it's just really, really cool. It's really, really nice. And, of course, a lot of Helen Sharman memorabilia, including her cot and spacesuit from her spaceflight. Oh, that's so ace. From well, her if Juno you're a geek mission. like us and you're near Leicester... Get yourself down. Well, I, I mean, really, but, you know, it's in the centre of the country, so everyone can go. Everyone finds your way down there. Very good value for money as well. It was really cheap. Matt, I'll tell you what, you are selling I it. I am selling it because I think it deserves you to be sold. You are selling it. There was, even, there was even, I tell you, what was really funny is that I, met, I did actually meet up with Anthony from the Main Engine Cutoff podcast. Yes. And we talked about, weirdly, two things. One was about tea. And inside the mm. National Space Centre was a box of Tim Peake's tea, which was like Yorkshire tea, but spelt Peake's ah. tea. And uh, he, I think Tim Peake declared it as one of the greatest inventions, this, t- this tea that you could take into space. <laughs> so, so, and I was, telling, I was telling Anthony how obsessed we are with black tea and how they're specially, it's specially brewed for the type of water that you're using in your area, whatever. And so... It's deep science. Because, no, no, you know, outside of Britain, really, no one understands tea. They just don't get yeah, it. Yeah, but you still get annoyed at me that I don't drink tea or coffee, don't you? You get really upset. Uh, it's just weird, Jamie. It's just a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a bit weird. Well, anyway, I quite like a honey and lemon. Yeah, or uh, you know, maybe a nice mint tea. And the other thing that, that we, the other thing that we got talking about was um, uh, how did you, how do you get your space as a great, as a great scientist? How do you get your place in Westminster Abbey? And I was thinking maybe it was to do with uh, being made a sir or a dame. I, I've simply no idea. So mm. if anyone knows the answer to that, please, please let us know. That but, would be good to but know. Then I, but then I mentioned that Helen Sharman was, was possibly a dame, and I just couldn't remember whether she'd been honoured or not. And lo and behold, two days later, she was actually honoured in the New Year's Day honours list. That is bad. So, so yeah, she's been made uh, a, a companion of the Order of St. Michael and St. George, which is one of the highest orders, you know, one of the highest merits that you can get in the British Ooh, well deserved. S- system, even though when I read up about it, I still had no idea what the hell was going on. It's so complicated. Right, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, run through, I'll run it through with you after the podcast. So, okay, brilliant. Thank you. And uh, so, yes, Helen Sharman, well done, Helen Sharman. And also an Imperial Grouch. College uh, colleague, uh, Professor Michel Doherty, uh, yeah. became a commander of the Order of the British Empire, which is CBE, oh. uh, uh, for her work 
on uh, Cassini. She's worked on that mission right from the beginning, all the way through. That's more great news. Good work, well done. Professor. Well done. 2018, Jamie, is going to be the year of engineering in this country. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, and it, but it actually is. They've declared it the year of engineering. The UK Space Agency is going to be a massive chunk of that with £210,000 devoted to uh, uh, education of students for things like uh, monitoring the environment and learning for tomorrow, or MELT, as it's called. <laughs> monitoring the environment, Why is it learning melt? for tomorrow. MELT. Monitoring the environment, learning for tomorrow. MELT. Oh, there we go. I guess it's a sort of That's global why. warming thing, isn't it, that? No, nah, it's not real, Matt. I mean, because it's really cold today, so there is no global oh, warming. Oh, yeah, it's a bit cold, isn't it? I don't believe in that global warming thing. It's just oh. a nonsense. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly ending the year with... was what He was mo- probably his most cringy tweet i reckon yeah what well, definitely one of them well i just don't even think about it that's just there's crazy. just so many <laughs> anyway oh. the, the real big news story jamie let, let's talk about what's going to happen in 2018 here we go that, we, we pretty much covered the news but in 2018 i think the first big thing that's going to happen is falcon heavy how excited are you matt it has to be said when you when you when you look at articles or you listen to other people's podcasts, it is quite clear that the launch of Falcon Heavy is going to be the most exciting event for a long time. It's got to be the most annoying thing is Jamie. We're going to have to get ourselves down there. This is like an expense I hadn't really budgeted for, but we're going to have to do I it. Know. We're going to have Can to you do put it. it on your? Could you put it on your black Amex card? Yeah. Absolutely, I'm putting on my black yeah, hammock. All right, I'm g- I'm good for it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe every, or when we launch our Patreon at the end of this program, we're launching a Patreon mm. page. Everyone today. Oh, this is exciting! And so, yes, make your way to Patreon forward slash Interplanetary, and you'll find our Patreon page. Well, listen, what we want to do is get the best show possible for you guys, and. Anything you can do would be amazing. But of course, like we said, this sort of thing can help us get equipment. I mean, Matt's running out of tea. Yeah, I'm running out of tea. So he needs to needs to obviously stock up on that. Space but tea. honestly, anything you could do would be amazing. So check that out. Thank you very much. If you, if you could, even if you just check it out, just check it out. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so 27 engines, 27 engines on the Falcon Heavy. 27 engines and compared to a normal rocket has what five well well we've got you've got different oh. types of let's take say sls that's being built that's only got two and then yeah. two massive solid rocket boosters mm. for example well let's have a look at soyuz though i think has got uh how many has soyuz got it's four eight sixteen has that got 20 how many engines has the soyuz got uh, george <laughs> Um, including the ones that, like, steady its motion, it's got four per booster per s- and the centre one. So that's 20. And plus the ones that correct its, like... Things. Yeah, but, well, it's got 20, though, hasn't it? main engines, but it's also got four smaller engines on the sides and two per booster. So it depends what you know, definition of engine. George is a legend. Oh, what? He's making me ill with his My knowledge. God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's got 20. I feel like a charlatan. Yeah, do you George know, should be doing I, this. In some ways, I'm not even sure why we're that excited about Falcon Heavy. I mean, it is pretty going to be pretty amazing. However, first of all, 
Mm. We, we've got to be a bit cautious because it, they reckon that it's it's going to be round about January the 15th. <laughs> so that's two weeks away, Jamie, okay. I know, which is a bit gutting. Uh, yeah. I know, it's looking a bit dicey. However, they've got to do the static fire test. And that is a static fire test of 27 engines. And it looks like mm. they're going to be started in pairs in a sequence that's 120 milliseconds apart. So a bit like um, like it was on the space shuttle. So, okay. uh, so yeah, they're, they're, they're done in pairs. So that static, static test has to go really, really well. Uh, and then they will then they will actually release a date. Because at the moment, there has been no range bookings, as they say. So it hasn't been... Mm. So we don't know when it's going to be launched, but January the 15th, I think, would be a bit too early for us, wouldn't it? I think we'd be kind of stuffed. It might it might be, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you never know. Stranger things have strange happened. Stranger things have happened. We could go down to New Zealand instead and watch the, ele- the Electron launch the one that was delayed from December, oh. hopefully that goes up and hopefully it manages to go orbital. And I really, really have got my fingers crossed for that one. Do you know what, Matt? I think I'd love that because not only would that be an epic sight, but then we'd be in New Zealand. Yeah. What a place. I'd love to visit there. Mind it's got to be on my number one list, I reckon. Yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to be in Orlando as well, though, this time of year. <laughs> yeah, I suppose yeah. so. Nice to get a bit of sun. Yeah. Um, so... What else is happening other than those two rocket launches in January? We've got TESS, NASA's next exoplanet hunting spacecraft launch on a Falcon Yeah, so line. TESS is the, yeah, I guess is the replacement for Kepler, really, isn't it? <clears throat> um, mm. And we have talked about TESS on a previous pro- program when we were doing our exoplanet hunting satellites program. Exoplanet hunter. That's got a good ring to it, isn't it? Exoplanet hunter. That sounds like a really weird comic. Uh, that Maybury Zubrin would write. <laughs> there's a, there's a musical artist in the UK called Tess, T-E-S-S, you know. Any good? I don't know. He released an album called Magpie. Wow. And it was the indie choice best new music. Mm, there we go. 2010, mm. quite old now. Never ever heard of it. So Tess, NASA's ex- exoplanet in March on a Falcon 9. And Matt, we've got, we've got SpaceX scheduled to do an uncrewed test flight of the Dragon capsule in April followed by the first crewed flight test in August. Boeing is targeting August for an uncrewed flight of the Starliner and a crewed flight for November. Musk says he is confident the company will fly people in 2018. So that, yes. I mean, that is massive. Space, I mean, if SpaceX want a brilliant year this year, then that is going to be key. That they, that That's how to do they it. They get the Dragon flying with crew on it. I mean that. I'm really excited for the Dragon in April. That's gonna. I mean that. If that happens, that's really exciting. And actually, if crew go up in in August, that really will be absolutely brilliant. Uh, Big scenes all around. So yeah. So Boeing a little bit behind SpaceX, but then SpaceX is on Elon Musk time. So who knows? Matt, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What are Virgin Galactic up to? So there should be very very soon uh, doing their powered test flights of the VSS Unity. So that oh. they are going pretty slow with this one, obviously the tragedy. Because everyone's kind of forgotten about it because obviously that horrible yeah. tragedy happened, and then of course it's going to be a few more years on top of what they said. But I'm still excited about it. Yeah. I mean, I did tell you a while ago when we talked about it that that's when I wrote to them saying, you know, I could be cabin crew. Mm-hmm. No reply. 
I still can't get over that. I still can't get over you. No reply at all. That's also a Genesis None. song. And were Genesis ever signed to Virgin? I think they were. If they knew who I thought I was, yeah. they would at least reply to me. Virgin didn't reply to Phil Collins, so why should they reply to you? That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I do kind of put myself on the same gravitas as, as PC. I'll tell you what might be happening in March that's really, really exciting. Go on. Well, I don't know whether it is exciting. It's a little bit, I guess it's a little bit stressful, but it, it's actually the chances of it, of it going pear-shaped is not very high. But uh, in yeah. March, the Chinese space, space station, the Heavenly Palace, or the Chang'an One, oh, yes. is falling back to Earth. It, it is literally coming down. Now, I think one right. of the reasons why it's coming down is that they made it last a little bit longer than it should have done, and now they've run, then mm. they lost contact with it, and now it's basically deorbiting completely out of control so no one's got control of the Chang'an one so they don't know where it's literally coming down. no idea where this thing's going to come down and it's so it's so massive and dense that between 10 to 40 percent of it will make it to the ground right so that is terrifying that's two thousand to eight thousand pounds worth of not in money in weight worth of spacecraft coming down but it's happened before we've had Skylab come down and that was a lot heavier and that fell uncontrolled to Earth. But in 50 years of launching rockets and bits coming down all the time, only one person has been known to have been hit by space debris. Well, I was just about to say, I mean, you know, surely um, they're worried about it landing on land and then on people. Yeah, well, the chances of it are extremely remote that it will actually hit... Um, uh, anything on 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 Earth of any significance? It's really really remote, mm. like one in ten thousand or something. But yes, uh, Lottie Williams, she got hit by a piece of a Delta rocket. It brushed her shoulder when she was out for a walk. Brushed her shoulder. <laughs> brushed her shoulder. That seems less violent than yeah, I thought it would be. Saw that she had a bit of dandruff and went, and just as it was about to hit the floor, went oh like that and just gave her a little wipe on the shoulder. <laughs> My yeah, goodness, yeah. it can't have been that big. No, I'd, I'd imagine, but it, it just basically had burnt up. But I guess she picked it up, took it somewhere and said, what the hell's this? And someone went, do you know what? What is this? It's a blooming bit of a... And they were like, oh, it's a Delta it's a bit rocket. Of a Delta. She's bit like, of a Delta. Yeah. Well, I never... She got a bit sad about it and wrote a song. And it was it's one of the very first Delta Blues songs. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, oh dear i'm sorry more everyone. jokes like this in there 2018 goes, there, goes our don- there goes our donations matt <laughs> there goes our final listener <laughs> <laughs> oh I tell you, we've got some really exciting we've got we've got some proper exciting stuff going into space though i know what you're gonna say Go on, you're gonna say insight, insight yes the mars lander that is my kind of thing that's launch window opens on the may the 5th and uh, yeah, and hopefully that will land on Mars round about November the twenty sixth, and that goes up on an Atlas Five. So next year, Matt, when we're doing our New Year's Day podcast, mm, we'll be talking about that. We'll probably be, we'll probably have some data. I have spoke to NASA, and they said that they will have some uh, data for us for our Christmas show. Good, so that's great. Good. Uh, yeah. NASA are also launching the Parker Solar Probe, uh, and yeah. that probe is going to launch on a Delta Four Heavy. Somewhere between July the thirty first and August the nineteenth. Right. So that'll be really cool. So that 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 the Parker Solar Probe goes extremely close to the sun and is there to try and work out why the hell it's so hot. 
<laughs> why is it so why hot? Why is it so hot? And uh, it's be- something to do with the magnetic fields, but they but they really want to just answer a few questions. So that's a really important little um, Good satellite. That, yeah. Now, OSIRIS-REx that went whizzing past the Earth this year on its way to yes. Bennu will finally reach Bennu in August. Finally. Oh, so no, OSIRIS-REx <laughs> will only get to 1.2 million miles away from the rock, where it will start to use its onboard engines to to basically try and fly in formation with the asteroid. Matt, you just auto-corrected yourself. This is brilliant. Yeah. We're not going to have any complaints. No. <laughs> and then a very similar mission, Hayabusa 2, will arrive mm-hmm. at its target 162173 Ryugu, which, uh, which has changed its name. Amazingly, they didn't choose a more simple name, but that changed from 1999 JU3. Is that anything to do with the Street Fighter 2 character, Ryu? I think it is, yes. I think it is. Yeah, almost certainly, right? Do you know what really annoys Jonathan McDowell? He really gets annoyed by the Japanese reusing satellite names. So they keep calling things the same thing. So there's actually another Hayabusa 2. Never mind. It will will survey the asteroid for a year and a half and then depart in December 2019 and return to Earth in December 2020. So, yeah, that the Hayabusa All is right. a really ace little uh, space mission. That's yeah. cool. Uh, Bepi Colombo. Remember when we spoke about Bepi Colombo? So that was... Another one of my favourite names. I, in fact, I do love that name, Bepi Colombo. It's great, isn't so it? So we saw Bepi Colombo out in Estex, not the real thing, but a sort of mock-up of it. Um uh, well, actually, we saw it was all crated up, wasn't it? It was at the actually Bepi Colombo was there when we were at Estec, and it's just been going through all the t- the, the testing. Um, yeah, and that is a joint project between Europe and Japan. Basically, that it's two spacecraft in one, one European and one Japanese, and that and mm. that's going to Mercury, and it's going to look at uh, the magnetic fields and the surface and the interior and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so how long is it going to take to get there? Blimey, uh, that's a mission. Yeah, that, that is a long time. So that it, it, it launches on an Ariane 5 in October and won't get there yeah. until 2025. <laughs> so, Good yes, Lord. that's a, a big old seven-year schlep. Well, I hope they're taking rations. Because it's actually hard to fly to the centre of the solar system. It's actually easier to go out. To go out. Why is that, Matthew? I know, of course, Jamie, but it's a bit complicated to go into on a podcast. <laughs> right, so i'll tell you what you can tell me afterwards i will well no maybe i'll get george on to next week to tell us about it yeah in fact that should be his homework yes, your homework george right one of the very last things that will happen this year on this day in one year's time yeah new horizons will be whizzing past it's it's next target mu69 oh which is this? Which wow. is this icy body out in the Kuiper Belt? Which, as they get nearer, they're pretty convinced is going to be a, a binary object, um, yeah. like two massive rocks stuck together, and it might even have a little moon as well. So they're really. I mean, this is going to be amazing. But I think before uh, two thousand, the first of January two thousand and nineteen, I wonder if we'll have some pictures mm. as it gets closer. That would be cool. We'd like that. We like those pics. China are going to be launching a Changi 4 lander rover for the, one of its moon mm. rovers this year as well. Nice. And it will also launch the core Tahi-1, 
which is the first of three large modules to make up uh, the Changong 2. China are going for it, aren't they? They, they're, They're going for it. So obviously there's loads and loads of Chinese launches in the manifest there. I tell you what, something that everyone seems to have forgotten about though, and I'm going to give my I'm going to give my verdict of how how likely this one is to happen. Remember the lunar trip, the lunar trip Falcon Heavy taking two tourists around the moon this year. That's supposed to be this year. That's supposed to be this year. Mm, But got a bit quiet. Yeah, and what do you think the chances of that are? Um, Mind you, if Falcon, I tell you what, if this Falcon Heavy on this January launches and the car goes into its heliocentric orbit after passing by Mars yeah. and everything goes to plan... Then who knows? And then they get a few more... Well, because I say there's a few more uh, uh, Falcon Heavy launches on the manifest with various launches. So if, if they manage to get a couple of Falcon Heavies up and the crew dragon passes all its tests and they get some crew on it before the end of the year, then maybe near the end of the year, this lunar trip actually might happen. Well, Matt, I'm forever hopeful. So let's just Mm. say that we'd love it to happen. I still don't know, though. No. I'm sceptical, but yeah. God, if all of this stuff happens this year, what a year that will be. I mean, like, properly groundbreaking yeah that, there's, there's there's a whole heap of like small things like the falcon 9 abort test the orion abort test uh on the 10th of january that's very soon P- uh, an indian pslv will take two british satellites and planet planetary resources arcid 6 which goes off to uh have a look at asteroids and see if they could be mined that'll be exciting is that, is that the oasis one arcid Oh, that was right. That was the joke you made last time. Yeah, I, I need you to be. I need you to laugh more. <laughs> there you go. I'll edit my laughing in. <laughs> I didn't get it Sorry this time. Again. I didn't get it this time, but I got it last time. That's weird. <clears throat> yeah, Even though yeah, it's the second yeah. I'm just, time, I'm just trying to make sure that you're on the ball for the for the listeners, Matt. Oh, and this Crew Dragon mission will be the first use of the Falcon Nine Block Five version. Huh? Okay, that means nothing to me. But you know what I'm going to say. That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I think another really big news story might Go be on. OneWeb. So OneWeb actually might start to be uh, flown up on European Soyuz. So that, that OneWeb, just so you know, is like yeah. a massive satellite constellation that gives everyone broadband in the world. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Woo, mama. We like that. And just a, just a, just another thing, Ariane six. So the uh, the launch complex should be yeah. constructed by October the two thousand and eighteen, and then they'll start the validation uh, process, and then uh, they'll be making decisions on how they're going to exploit the Ariane six. So that so there'll be quite a bit of news coming out about Ariane six. I think this year. I like that. What about Skylon? Where are we at with Sky, that? By well, Skylon, there is one thing that is going to happen, and that's DARPA have asked uh, Reaction Engines to uh, make this test article called the HTX, and the testing on that is supposed to be uh, starting roundabout uh, now, the beginning of nice. 2018 and they've got to get it to uh temperatures that simulate mach 5 around 980 degrees centigrade so this so basically yeah reaction That's engines are, are making something for uh for the darpa uh, military that contracts hot. so that's actually pretty exciting as well so that's that's a lot of money that uh, Scott, the skylon team have received 
to help them develop the Skylon. So there we go. Go, go Skylon. Do you know who's going up into space onto the International Space Station? Uh, I don't. Give me some names. So first up, Soyuz MSO-8. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and that will carry a crew of the Russian Oleg Artemyov. Glad you pronounced that. Andrew J. Foistel and Richard R. Arnold. I wonder what the R stands for. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. That's actually my middle name, man. But it's not your first name. After my papa. It's not, no. My first name is James, a.k.a. Jamie. That's weird, because my dad's first name is Richard, and my middle name is James. Are you serious? Yeah. It's like we're living in... A parallel universe. (laughs) (laughs) So, then next is Soyuz MS-09, planned for the 28th of April. And what's exciting about that is ESA astronaut Alexander Gerst from Germany will be travelling up for the second time, but he's going to be the commander of the space station. yes. Uh, on the Horizons mission. So you can look at that one up. Congratulations, Gerst. Good luck. Good luck, yes. And he'll be going up with Russian spacecraft commander Sergei Prokopyov and Jeanette Epps. Some really interesting names being thrown up here. Yeah, they're, they're pretty hard to um, pronounce. Soyuz MS-10 <clears throat> is the next one, Expedition 57. Uh, and that will be the 139th flight of a Soyuz spacecraft. The crew will consist of Russian commander and American flight engineers, so Russian Alexei Ovchinin, mm. Nikolai Tikhonov, and Nick Haig. Well done, team. Right at the end, MS-11 in November will should transport Expedition 58, which will be Oleg Kononenko, Serena M. Ornan and Canada's David St. Jacques. Now, I'm wondering if the um, Boeing or SpaceX uh, crew launch capability will alter that manifest, but I don't think it will. Mm. Because I think, presumably, those seats are already booked. So, who knows? Imagine if they weren't. Like, if they had a return, like in a restaurant, you could just book one. I'll take that. Yeah. Take that. Branson got another flight. Who need who needs Galactic when you got Soyuz? You know, what I'm um, saying? but I better not say too much because I don't w- I don't want Putin's heavies coming round no, and breaking my legs. Which they will again, <laughs> again. <Yeah. laughs> um, there's a lot of 50th anniversaries coming up. First of all, Apollo five launch on January the 22nd. Ah, Apollo five. Wow. Then Apollo six on the 4th of April. Yeah. Apollo seven on the 11th of October. And also in October, there was a 25th, 26th of Soyuz 2 and 3 that, f- that they went, they both went up and were successful, but they failed to dock with one another. And of course, what we spoke about uh, last time on the show was Apollo 8 on the 21st of December will be its 50th anniversary. Absolutely amazing. Was there as much public excitement? I mean, obviously the landing on the moon was the big one. But before that, these launches of Apollo's, how much excitement was there? Like we said on the last program, Apollo 8 in was so, such a moment of hope in 1968 mm. that, that the coal crew were made uh, Times Person of the Year. And, you know, it was it was one of the only good things that was happening. And it was international news and everyone was... It, in some ways, a lot of NASA people often cite Apollo 8 as being more important than Apollo 11. Wow. 
because because it was you know the first time that people had left Earth's orbit, the yeah. first time people had seen the dark side of the moon. You know, is it's crazy uh, thing. I mean, I think it's one of those things that now, since Apollo eleven, we've lost perspective of how important Apollo eight was mm. when it when it actually happened. We should do a show Genuinely. on that, shouldn't we? One day we'll do it massively as we lead up to the fiftieth anniversary for definite. I'd like that. Apollo eight's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be amazing. Well, we we did cover some pretty awesome facts about it, oh, like yeah, big time. when Lovell lost con- lost control and stuff. But hey, go back and have a listen. Yeah, but why we'll, not? we'll we'll cover it properly when we get there, though. Exactly. Deep space in history. I know it well. On the tenth of January, hmm. Surveyor Seven landed on the moon in Tycho Crater. No way. And on the thirty first of January, Lunar Orbiter Five went uh, hit hit the moon. <laughs> hit the moon. Okay. Uh, Luna 14 managed to get into orbit on the 10th of April. So there's been some pretty amazing moon missions yeah. in 1968 as well. Beautiful. The Zond 5 and the Zond 6 both flew by the moon. Zond. Zond. So, Jamie, give me a space fact. Come on, give me a space fact. Are you ready fact. for this? <clears throat> I am. Go on, I'm ready. I'm going to clear my throat. A recent study found that among the chemicals in the dust cloud known as Sagittarius B2, near the centre of the galaxy, was ethyl formate. And I know you like a code, Matt, which is C3H602. What is mm-hmm. it, you ask? It's the chemical responsible for the flavour of raspberries. And it smells like rum. Nice. <laughs> it's from my personal favourite tipple, Matt. I used to love chemistry at a level and and and, and doing smelling chemicals because yeah. they smelt like pear drops oh, i love a pear drop and we used to play this game where we would have like one of those chemicals that if you if you uh, breathe it in too much it would make you violently sick oh and we'd used to go oh this smells beautiful it's like pear drops and then you'd <laughs> give it to your friend to sniff in and they would go <laughs> oh, and then they'd God. rush off to the fume cupboard to be vomit oh. and then you'd get detention if not suspended yeah that's a big one Quite amazing. Ethyl formate. Wicked, isn't it? Raspberries. Smells like rum. Smells like rum. That was the work of Dr. Arnaud Beluche from the Max Planck Institute for Radio Astronomy. I like your Bonn. style, Doctor. <laughs> hey, Matt, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. If I'm a new listener, new year, new mm-hmm. podcast, I'm like, what's this all about? Interplanetary podcast. What would you advise me to do after I've just enjoyed that episode? Well, if you just enjoyed the episode, I, although this has been an unusual episode when we normally have astronaut of the week, yeah, space fact of the week, um, mission of the week, those kind of things. But this, you know, this has been a preview of the year, the whole thing. It's a year's so, preview. But if you enjoyed this podcast, then obviously subscribe on iTunes. Okay. That's the best place to subscribe, okay. I think. But you can subscribe anywhere you like. You know, you can go on Stitcher, you can go on SoundCloud, you can go on Acast. Google. Can I leave a review? You can leave a review, uh, preferably a really dazzling review with a five-star credit. And every couple of months or so, the best review will find out where you live and send you an interplanetary T-shirt oh. or mug. Oh, my Whatever you God. choose. You're telling me you've got a merch store as well? There is a merch store. And I, my current favourite at the moment is the Rocket Equation T-shirt. I like that one. Oh, it's really nice. And, and Matt, if I can get one made in time for the Falcon Heavy launch, I will. Don't tempt me. Matt, if I wanted to leave a small donation, can I also do that? Mm-hmm. 
You can go right now. You can go to the Patreon forward slash interplanetary. But I'll also put a link on our website. Oh, my God. www.interplanetary.org.uk. I Don't can't remember take what... this excitement. 2018. Yes. This is going to be a good And if year. you get really lost, just put the Interplanetary Podcast into Google and you'll get there somehow. Badoing. Badoing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there we go. Bye, everyone. We are off to get some pear drops. So we wish you a happy new year and a very prosperous space-filled one. I'm going to go off and sell loads of my stuff so I can afford to go and see Falcon Heavy if my boss will let me have the week off. Don't sell your children again. We've well, talked about all, that. All my sound cards so I can't yeah. do the podcast. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye, everyone. See you. See you soon. Ciao. Bye. The Interplanetary Podcast is alive!